Angels we have heard on high. <laughs> it's not Christmas. I just felt like singing that because we're talking about angels today. It's Diane and Father Joseph back at you with Restless as we restlessly seek the face of Christ and uh, not only Christ, but also his heavenly helpers, the saints and the angels. What do you know about angels? Let's find out everything there is to know about angels, guardian angels, and uh, angelic creatures. Yeah, so... So let's dive right into it because, uh, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas says a lot about angels and he's in fact called the angelic doctor for that reason. He's an angelic doctor, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell us what you know, Diane, about angels, guardian angels, etc. Well, let's start with what angels are and what they're not. So okay. they're not humans. No, which means you can't become an angel when you die. You cannot become an angel. So that's a common, I think I hear that a lot in terms of people saying, you know. My, my aunt's an angel. No, yeah. she's not. She's not. She never will be. It's like you becoming a dog. It's a different species. <laughs> so angels are persons, but they're not human and they're spirit. Right. So they don't have bodies. They're not male or female because they don't have bodies. They're spirit. Right. They have intellect and will. Mm-hmm. Right. So we know, obviously, in terms of the Satan and the fall of the angels, they they see perfectly or they know perfectly. So they, um, yeah, I mean, they choose to serve God or they chose not to serve God. Yeah, and they 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 know they don't know sequentially. Like we learn, and and our learning builds upon prior learning and this and that. But they can perceive everything in one glance. So so that's why Lucifer can never repent. Because when he chose, he chose not only the choice, but all the consequences of the choice he foresaw, and he chose them too. Yep, and knew them perfectly. Yeah. As opposed to us, where we sort of, I mean, as the, as the line goes, we know not what we do. I mean, we may know that we're sinning, but we don't really fully understand the consequences a lot of times of right, how that's in you know, St. Paul says, we, we see indistinctly as in a, in a mirror or in a you know, fog cloud, like we don't really fully understand yep. the world around us. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, there's choirs of angels, so um, that doesn't refer to, like, a musical group. (laughs) 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 That'd be a great band name, though. That would be. Choirs of angels. (laughs) But there's ranks, right? So there are the seraphim, cherubim, and thrones, and those are the ones that are closest to God and serve him primarily in worship. I love the name seraphim because it literally means the burning ones. Does it? Yeah, they're so close. That's why, you know, the seraph serpents bit the people in, in Egypt. Yeah. They were coming out of Egypt, and, and it was burning pain. Okay. Wow. I, yeah, I didn't put that together. Do you know the n- meaning of the other names? Cherubim, Thrones? Cherubim is a uh, short, chubby baby. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> you see the cherubs, you know? Like yeah, the- <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. They don't have wings because they're not... Uh- <laughs> yeah, they're not disembodied baby heads, yeah. which you often <laughs> see in angelic paintings. Yes, but. yes. Um, dominions, virtues, and powers. So they have various governing authorities and they organize the angels and the cosmos. And They organize the cosmos. That blows my mind. Like that means these angels are like keeping the law of gravity working. Yeah, which is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I always wonder how that happens. So <laughs> now we have the answer. Angels. <laughs> and finally, principalities. I think these are the ones that we're most familiar with. Well, maybe cherubim, seraphim. We heard that in sort of in the, the mass, names. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but principalities, archangels, and angels are those most directly involved with humanity, and they act as intermediaries between us, God, and heaven. Right. 
Which is interesting. So you, you mentioned principalities being one of them. And did you know that like like organizations have guardian angels? Like there's a guardian angel of the United States of America. It's a guardian angel of my parish. There's a guardian angel of, you know. I did know that there were guardian angels of the parish. And I always wondered, you know, how do we know who they are? But yeah. Well, we don't exactly know who they are, but I think that's where that rank comes from. They're okay. ones who are kind of more in charge of like nations and, and states and, and other divisions of, of authority. Well, that's good to know that there are angels sort of watching over those organizations. And Yeah, yeah. And that that's actually comes right out of scripture, out of the book of Daniel, when it talks about how um, the angel of the prince, the angel of Persia, or the, um, was like fighting, you know, the angel of, Michael is the angel of the people of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, of the nations. Of okay, the, the nation, so that's where the nation of from. Israel at that time. I don't know if he's uh, transferred into the church. Yeah, I think he had a conversion. <laughs> no longer Jewish. <laughs> now a Catholic angel. <laughs> but the Jews do believe in angels, which is you know. So it's it's yeah. in the Old Testament too. It's not. I mean, yeah, you see it in scripture from the Book of Genesis, just in terms of closing paradise, right? Um, yeah, Abraham oh, that's true, yeah. staying mm-hmm. of Abraham's arm before he slaughtered Isaac. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, they're throughout leading the prophets. So, yeah, not not specific to Catholicism. But I think... Actually, you, Muslims believe in angels, too. Do they? They do. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, angels are servants and messengers of God. So they bear forth the power and majesty of God. And they, because of that, have to be respected. Now, that's an important point to be brought up. The, the name angel comes from the Greek angeloi, meaning messenger. Mm-hmm. So you know, one of the great saints on the on the feast day of the guardian angels, I forget who wrote that in the the breviary, says that I think it's Gregory the, Gregory the Great, maybe um, he said that they they're they're not really technically called angels until they receive the message of being sent from God. Okay. So so they're they just call them you know spirits in heaven like the higher ones, but yeah. So they I mean they guard, protect, oversee, assist, um, instruct. And they, yeah, I mean, with the catechism as well teaches from from its beginning until death, human life is surrounded by their watchful care and intercession. Beside each believer stands an angel as protector and shepherd leading him to life. Already here on earth, the Christian life shares by faith in the blessed company of angels and men united in God. So, so have you ever experienced something that you might attribute to an angel? I don't think so. Not personally. No. I don't know anything in particular. I do know one story from a friend of mine that uh, kind of blew my mind a little bit. It was a friend who was, um, she was like working at the Danbury Fair Mall mm-hmm. back when it was like a really big mall and everything. And it was, she got off her shift like 1 a.m. or something. She came out to her car and she was noticing as she's walking through this darkened parking lot that there were some thugs kind of following her. Yeah. Like, oh no. You know, so she runs to her car, she gets in, locks the door, turns the key and nothing happens. So the guys, yeah, I know it's like every woman's worst nightmare, right? So it's just like the four or five guys, like they're surrounding the car, they're banging on it. They're like trying to break in the windows and everything. She's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know. So she's like turning the key, turning the key, praying, praying, praying. And all of a sudden the car starts and the guys jump back and she drives home. And the next day she takes it into the mechanic to find out why it didn't start the night before. And the mechanic took one look at it and said, lady, you're absolutely crazy. There's no battery in this car. They, the thugs had taken out the battery. Oh. Yeah. And, but the car started even without a battery. And she's like, well, that was an angel. That, yeah, certainly. Pretty wild. That's just a friend of mine's sister that happened to. Wow. That's fascinating. No, actually, so that brings up, I, I take that back. I do have, it's it's kind of personal actually, but. Um, You're going to share it with the entire world. 
I'll share with the entire world. Yeah, because I just, I, it, it, I mean, it was very scary. But when I was, I don't know, probably 23 or something, I just started working full time. And we work late during busy season at clients. So it was past, it's probably like 10 o'clock, you know, we would eat dinner in the conference room. Um, oh, my gosh. A bunch of people. Yeah. And so I went out to go to the bathroom. And there was a guy who was cleaning. And he was waiting by, you know, the I was heading towards the bathroom. He was near the elevator. So I, I saw him out of the, you know, I looked at him and he lo- he looked at me and I went into the bathroom and something just told me to turn around and to not go into the stall. I, I had this, this horrible feeling. And so I rushed out. And as I was rushing out, he was like rushing in and there were no cleaning things in the bathroom. So I, I mean, I can't conjecture about what may have happened but I do feel like I was saved that day like there was something in me of like turn around turn around get out wow and um yeah I mean lo and behold he comes storming in so uh I I do believe that that was my guardian angel um oh totally yeah yeah Uh, and that was that was a very powerful experience and I mean honestly just I always make the sign of the cross and I say the guardian angel prayer when I'm running every day um so many close calls just in terms of you know people coming out of nowhere on the road was a runner driving yeah Yeah. sometimes could you possibly have gotten hit yeah exactly and sometimes just you know running by the river it's like well there's a car parked over here and I'm the only person so this could be a little bit you know as a female (laughs) (laughs) a little bit iffy um but yeah no I, I believe that they're I believe our guardian angels kind of intercede and protect us um I'm I'm sure I'm sure there are so many instances where they've done it and we haven't even realized it. You oh, know totally. What I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so, probably many opportunities that I would have di- died. I, mean, I remember one time I was swimming out in a river down at uh, in this waterfall and mm-hmm. I decided, you know, let's go see if there's a little cave under the waterfall because sometimes there are. Yeah. You know, so I try to swim under and there was such a strong undercurrent that I got totally swept to the bottom of this river and it was a raging river mm-hmm. and I could not get up because the water from the waterfall was keeping me down and I'm like trying to get, and I'm like, this is, this is the end. And I yeah. like, wasn't thinking anything because I was like just trying to grasp for water and the next thing I knew, I just like, instantaneously like a snap but i can't snap properly I don't, this is not coming out there we go thank you <laughs> instantaneously next thing i know i look up and i'm 20 feet downstream and i'm like whoa something or someone just like pushed me out of that water yeah that was like crazy yeah our guardian angels so, are very good to us yeah so do you have a devotion i mean you say you you pray to it do you pray to it you're a guardian angel pretty regularly? I mean, quite honestly, I think I came up with this topic around All Saints or All Souls Day um, because a priest at my parish gave a talk on angels and guardian angels. And to be honest, it's it's not something that I think about a lot. I mean, I do say the guardian angel. I think I was taught that as a child, you know, mm-hmm. when we say the guardian angel prayer. But just to think of all of the ways that they can help us and that... Um, you know, the fact that God has appointed an angel for each of us just manifests his love, you know, that this this angel is, is meant to help us to bring us to salvation and also protect and guard and shepherd us. So that is something, I mean, you know, if you, if you really lean into that, it's pretty... It's really quite a gift. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a gift that we should be leveraging, right? Definitely. And it also kind of makes you a little bit um, more responsible in mm-hmm. life, you know, because you realize that whatever action you do you're doing in front of someone. Yeah. <laughs> like there's someone watching you. Yeah. And it's a divine and not a divine being, a spiritual being. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. And I mean, I guess for for people who um, you know, just 
the scriptural basis for guardian angels. This is not something that the Catholic faith has just invented, but right. um, there's certainly, um, you know, supported by various passages in both the Old and New Testament. Um, there's Psalm 91 says, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Um, in, the, in terms of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 18, I think this is a very common example of when talking about the children, see that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. Yeah. And uh, Acts chapter 12, in speaking about the account of Peter's release from prison, um, it's, you know, it says it's his angel, they said, um, in terms of the uh, people praying when Peter knocks at the door, those praying inside think that it's his angel. So there's, uh, I mean, those are just a few examples, but there's a lot of scriptural basis for each of us having our own guardian angels, believers and non-believers Absolutely, and there's so many testimonies of it too you know, mm-hmm. in people's lives. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty cool thing. I mean, some of the some of the great saints had great communications with their angels. Yeah, and would talk to them mm-hmm. all the time, which, mm-hmm. is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I think uh, the from what I was reading, uh, opinion is sort of divided in terms of I think Saint Thomas Aquinas, who you were referencing earlier, says that you know, um, believe non believe in terms of believers and non believers. Um, he, I believe, thinks that everyone does, but adds that, you know, like the guardian angel kind of takes on a, a new and different role once the person is baptized. Well, I've heard there's a, there's a very pious tradition, not official church teaching, that priests have two guardian angels. I heard that. When you get ordained, you get another one. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Need, yeah. I need a couple. I need maybe like four or five. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> and I wonder if you can ask God for more, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, if you're, if you're in a tough situation... Why not have two or three guardian angels? That, that is true. It's not like God can't just like send one down for you. <laughs> send a good one, not like Hitler's guardian angel. He didn't do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Which you got to imagine, like some of these guardian angels sitting up there face palming all the time, just being like, I can't believe it did that. Why did you say that? You know, I, can't, I did my best, Lord. I did my best. And I guess they don't get reused, right, when you, when you pass away. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think the church officially defines that. <laughs> yeah. I do think the church officially defines that God is not continually creating new angels. Mm-hmm. I think all of them are done. Okay. So thousands upon thousands, myriads upon myriads. Yeah, mm-hmm. like an uncountable number mm-hmm. of angels. Yeah. Which I think is such a beautiful thing. Like God created all these different ranks of creatures. He loves hierarchy. He loves order. Mm-hmm. Right. He could have just created just one creature, just man. You know, or but he loves the fact that. Uh, these everything has a unique role to play, and it has to play it in that particular way. Yeah, that is that is cool. I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, that that everything has a purpose, and that you know, like he gives certain. I don't know. I think there's a spiritual lesson there in terms of just not being jealous or envious of other people's gifts and sort of the offices that he divides amongst his people and, you know, angels and all that stuff, because we're all meant to play a role in in salvation history, but it's a unique role that he has foreseen from all eternity. Yeah. Which helps, has, this, that's been something that's very, been very much in my spiritual life lately. Cause I, I'll be honest with you. Like I sometimes maybe, no, definitely unfairly, you know, judge others and think, you know, why can't they just get it together and do more of this or do more of that? You know, and I, like I look at people and I'm like, yeah, they need to volunteer more of their time. They don't have, you know, they shouldn't be sitting back. But then I realized, wait a second, you know, I shouldn't hold them to the same standard that I hold myself to mm-hmm. because I have a different role. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like a lesson in humility because I do the same thing just in terms of getting frustrated when people don't think this. I'm a type A personality, you know, so I'm very driven. I'm very focused. I'm very determined. You get stuff I can, done. I get stuff done. I can mortify, you know, but. Um, yeah, people like us, because I'm also type A. Mm-hmm. I think we don't, you know, we don't struggle so much with the like the desires of the flesh as we do the more intellectual pride. Yes. It's yeah. definitely a type A personality flaw. Yeah. And, and for me, especially, it's definitely the perfectionism and wanting to control things. So control the outcomes. And mm-hmm. I think God is very much teaching me of, nope, you are not the star of the show. And, you know, this is God has a plan for my life. And it's not necessarily going to be what I am telling him that I want that yeah. I think is best for me. Like, no, this is this is humility at its finest in terms of he knows what's best for me and I need to give my yes joyfully, whatever that is. But that's hard as a type A personality to give up the control and wanting things to just be, you know, kind of neatly ordered, boxed up nicely, tied together because, I mean, ultimately it's about surrender and letting go and letting God work through us. Mm -hmm. And all of us are different so we can... I think learn a lot from people who are not like us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot of good to be taken from that. There is a lot of good. And I think that's why God creates such a wide variety of people and such a wide variety of creatures, Mm -hmm. you know, including the angels. Yeah. That you can learn something from from each and every one. Mm -hmm. And they have different roles to play. Speaking of the roles, there's only three angels who are named in the Bible. Who are they? Gabriel, Raphael, or Raphael. I always call him Raphael. What do you call him? Yeah, yeah, Raphael. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. we're just going to call him that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> yeah, there <you> go. <laughs> Correct us if we're wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and their names are actually hugely significant. Do you know what their names mean? I don't, actually. So Michael means who is like God, because he was the one who, whose humility really countered Satan's pride, who wanted to be like God. And he says, no, who is like God? No one is like God. And we've got Gabriel, it means God's messenger. Okay. And so. Raphael is God's God's healer, healer. God's physician. Yeah. Okay. And, and you see him in the book of Tobit. Yes. Providing the- Tobias going to his father, Tobit, who is blind, right? Yeah. Tobi- Tobit's blind. Tobit's, yeah. Tobias' future wife has an issue where on the wedding night, all the people keep <laughs> Everyone dying. Everyone dies. She's like seven. <laughs> yeah. Seven guys. Yeah. Yeah. And Raf- Raphael uh, kind of guides him to- successfully marry her and not die. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I often intercede for him for, uh, well, number one, marriage, you know, finding a future husband, and number because of that, actually, Um, and uh, healer and just guide, sort of protector. Um, Gabriel, I mean, obviously, I think we know him best through sort of John the Baptist, Zachariah, and then obviously... uh, Our Lady. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But Gabriel's in the Old Testament, too. Gabriel shows up in the vision with Daniel, I believe. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we went over Michael. So, yeah, I pray to Michael the most, definitely. I mean, certainly, I'm really glad, actually, in our diocese that our bishop, um, after 2018, when there was, you know, kind of a second round of priesthood scandals, the bishop recognized this is fundamentally a spiritual problem. And so he started reinstituting the uh, St. Michael the Archangel prayer after every Mass. Yeah, that was done. Was that done previously? Was that before the Second Vatican Council? Yeah, it was Pope Leo Thirteenth who had. Uh, you know the story of how that prayer came came about. It's kind of an interesting story. So Saint Pope Leo the Thirteenth, um, I guess, was celebrating Mass one day and he fell into like a swoon. He had a, some sort of a vision, 
And when he got up, he was like pale and white and like sweating. And, and he penned this prayer very quickly, the St. Michael the Archangel prayer, which is actually a smaller portion of a much larger prayer uh, to St. Michael. And uh, he said that it was he had this vision that Satan was going to have 100 years to destroy the church. And I guess he had had a vision of those 100 years. Oh. And so there's always been speculation, well, when did the 100 years start? You know? Yeah. Because I'm kind of assuming we're in that now. <laughs> Some people think it started, you know, 1917 with communist uh, revolution, or 1920 was the first time abortion was ever legalized, okay. or 1968 with the sexual revolution, and who knows yeah. know, exactly when it was. Um, but but we're, I, I think, yeah, we're, you know, the end of the ages. Well, we're in that 100 year period that Satan has uh, has a lot of a lot of free reign, and he's done a certain certainly large amount of evil in the world over the last hundred years. Do you think we'll be here for the final judgment? Like um, live or dead before that? I don't think I will be. You think I'll be? I think. No, you're not, you're not that much yeah, younger, exactly. younger than me. I'm thinking like think, teenagers nowadays, okay. <laughs> or children nowadays. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, no, all, no one knows. No one knows. No, not no even one. Jesus says. Not even <laughs> the angels know the day. <laughs> so bring it back to those angels. You know, we yes. talk about those three three angels who are named. Should you name your guardian angel? Because some people have said yes. Some people have said no. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Uh, I have been taught that we are not to name our guardian angels because they're above us, and we name those who are beneath us. So, for example, our children. Um, I think there's scriptural support for this. So when Samson's parents asked the name of the angel who visited them, they were kind of rebuked and said, why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. So that's in Judges. Yeah. Is that what you've sort of taught and been taught? Yeah, I agree, because to name something is to have spiritual authority over it. That's why parents name their children. Yep. Why Adam had the, the privilege of naming all the animals, mm-hmm. its spiritual authority over the earth. And and you'll, you'll notice it's kind of interesting that in, in the scriptures, Adam, um, Eve is not named until after the fall. She's only called the woman before the fall because it was not Adam's job to name the woman. They were supposed to be helpmates to one another, right? They were supposed to be equal. And now after the fall, there's this, this domination, which really was not part of the original plan. Got it, yeah. So... So it's right after the fall that he names he names her Eve. So uh, so to name a guardian angel is to to somehow try to co-opt some sort of spiritual authority over them, which you really don't have. Mm-hmm. So I would feel very uncomfortable. I mean, maybe like if you really want to refer to them, give them a nickname or something, <laughs> like Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. You know? <laughs> I guess just make it apparent that it's a nickname. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just I just say guardian angel. <laughs> yeah, just guardian angel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The other thing that I think is fascinating is I've I've had this so I actually asked this question to um to these Dominicans on this live explaining podcast episode. Do you need to pray out loud to your guardian angel in order to have your prayers heard? So I've never heard that before. Yeah. So Saint Thomas Aquinas taught that and actually this I researched before this we did this episode, but this is I guess in Dr. Peter Kreef's book, Angels and Demons. So St. Thomas Aquinas, he taught that even when our guardian angel is in heaven, he knows what's happening to man, and that our guardian angel can learn about what we want to communicate to him from the beatific vision of God, should God will to communicate that to him. Of course. So, Dr. Peter Kreef, he said that God tells the angels all they need to know about what is going on in our world. So, does that mean angels don't know our thoughts? They can't read our thoughts. And I've often, because I've often had that question, you know, can demons read our thoughts? No. But they pick up on our behaviors and, yeah, you know, so. Because demons can suggest thoughts to us. Correct. Though, right? That's how temptation works. So they can't read them. So it's kind of, 
I don't know, it's kind of an interesting thing because, uh, I mean, Aquinas talks about the imaginative faculty, which, you know, we we totally mis- uh, misinterpret that word by using it for kindergartners, like imagination. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not like, oh, just use your imagination. Imagination literally means bringing images to your mind. Mm-hmm. It's the faculty that, that can recall things we've seen, heard, et cetera, mm-hmm. right? So, so Satan can do that yep. very well. And so but that means he has some sort of access to our mind, but maybe not to, maybe not to read, but write only. <laughs> As it were, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're so intelligent, they can figure out sort of our, I mean, it, it doesn't take a mind reader a lot of times to, I mean, if they can see what we're Googling and, yeah. you know, or talking about <laughs> in conversations. It's no, like, that's certainly true. Gee, I mean, she kind of, you know, this is this is her anxiety right now, and so I'm going to try to reel into that. That's very true. I that's mean, very true. Yeah, I mean... I, I think I, I struggled with that a bit, but then I realized that there are so many avenues for them to figure out sort of what our weaknesses are, and they're supremely intelligent. So yeah, um, but yeah, I, I just I but think that I've never. It's interesting. I've never heard that that even speculated about praying merely inside of our mind because I mean I certainly do that to the angels and saints and Mary. Right, right. And I'm so, assuming that that the Blessed Trinity, if He's the only one that can have access to my mind, the Blessed Trinity. We'll be able to tell Mary, hey, Mary, uh, Father Joseph's uh, praying to you. Well, that's that's exactly it, because someone had asked a priest, and he was like, hmm, I don't know, that's a good point, maybe you should say it out loud. But no, it's really what Dr. Peter Kreeft, I'm quoting now, says is that, in other words, angels see the world reflected in God's mind, somewhat as a listener would see the events of a story told to him by its author. Um, so that beatific vision, so to speak, mm. you know, in, in essence, is how they're able to understand what we're asking of them. Well, that brings up all kinds of theological, theoretical questions, right? About like, yeah. you know, can when you're in heaven, I'm assuming that you can somehow perceive other souls, right? Probably, because it's all part of the beatific vision. Right. So so in heaven, do they know if I'm in the state of grace? Do they know if I'm in the state of sin? You know? Maybe it's what God wills to communicate. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it could be very possible God doesn't will us to communicate that much about, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, in fact, we were, I was, I was teaching my, uh, my, adult Bible study about uh, the four last things. We're talking about the the final judgment where it says in scripture that all things would be revealed. Yep. You know, and so they were kind of like, well, wait a second, but like, even like our private thoughts, like, would that be revealed too? And I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, that's a good question because anything that has an impact on us will be revealed. Mm-hmm. But you think about it, everything has an impact on us because if you have a judgmental thought in your mind and it doesn't come out, but still you act with less charity because you've had that judgmental thought, that impacts the entire history of the world. Yeah, it's, it is so fascinating. So will we know? And who knows? I mean, it's possible, but it's. I think it's like the way that I've heard it explained is that it's not meant to be sort of like a humiliating experience. I mean, it's just, um, yeah, for, for <laughs> good or not, for ill. Yeah. For good or for ill. But, I mean, if that's motivation for you to, you know... <laughs> live a good life. <laughs> live a good life and get on the, <laughs> get back to confession, then, yeah. <laughs> well, you think, I mean, think about it, like, yeah, if... if if gosh, if everybody could see all my search history, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's scary in one sense, but it's really cool in the other sense of thinking about the last judgment and seeing, you know, we have all these questions about why things happen in our lives and yeah, you know, why God permitted this and didn't stop this and and I'm I'm excited to hear the good things too, like yeah. like who listened to Restless in Australia mm-hmm. and suddenly became a deeper Christian. So if that's you, please send me an email so I can have a preview of The Last Judgment. <laughs> At least you'll know one thing. I'll know that. one thing. Yeah, exactly. But it's just, it's just, it's really awesome to think about the impact that, that, that's why we have to live our vocations well, whether we're married, single, uh, religious, priest, whatever, because 
our actions have eternal consequences. And not only, I mean, just thinking about like the decision, you know, husband and wife, they get married, they raise solidly Catholic children, they pass on the faith. I mean, think about the trickle down effect of all of that. Their children's Thousands children. Of generations. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it's just, it's, it's beautiful to even ponder. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. And it, it amazes me when I work with young people and I see like some incredible latent talent in someone like, you know, so, like a young person with incredible, um, you know, leadership ability. And I'm like, man, if that person got converted to Christ, mm-hmm. they're going to win the world for Christ, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, you work so hard because you see these, these talents that are so raw. And you're like, if this only could be used for good, mm-hmm. you know, think about how they'd fulfill an incredible vocation. That's, that is true. And I mean, some people have... Uh, greatly benefit or gifts that you can discern are, are, are quite extraordinary you know like you see those qualities of leadership whatever a lot of a lot of people have ordinary gifts that I mean but the whole point is that there's nothing too small because yeah if you think about like I mean yeah you may not see the fruits of your labor or what the good you know the good acts that you do but generations from now you know you may produce the future pope or, or you know yeah, I mean knows? just all of who these knows? things so yeah it's just don't discount anything. Use use your time well, yeah. right? And don't discount any All of the gifts that, that God has that. given, even if they're not as shiny and... Um, Amen to that. Amen to that. Yeah. So, okay, last bit on about the angels. You know, first of all, how do we thank our guardian angels for what they've done? And second, is there any danger for maybe uh, relying on them or honoring them too much that they distract from the, you know, the trust in God? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I think just in terms of the dangers, obviously they're not God, right? So we don't we don't worship them. We honor them. Um, I think. In but like, if you know, if I'm going into a dangerous situation, the only time I, I'm I'm sad to say, the only time I pray to my guardian angels when I go for a run, often I'll leave my car, my keys, my car car keys in your car. Unlocked. I shouldn't say that out loud on <laughs> radio. Oh man, now everyone's gonna go find my car and rob it. <laughs> There's nothing worth robbing. Put them under trust the seat. Me. Yeah. But you know, yeah, I'll, I'll hide them somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and ask the guardian angel to uh, to watch over it. Okay. And uh, but I, couldn't I just ask God? I mean, like it's almost like why do I need a guardian angel? Like I got, I got God. Hey, God, you know, watch over these car keys. Yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing for saints. Like God, God wants to us. He's He's created this order of creation, right? And He wants us to leverage each other and use them. But I mean, yeah, there's nothing that. You tell your guardian angel that God does not also hear. So right, <laughs> right. <laughs> but just remember that they're not God. You know, don't make them into a god. Don't bow down to them. You know, it's um, which you know in the book of Revelation, John the apostle started to do that. Mm. Remember that story? He, was, he saw an angel. He bowed down and worshipped. And the guy said, "Get up! Yeah, I'm just oh, a, a fellow yep. servant with you. Yep. you no, know, not a, not a god." So I mean, they manifest the power of God, but everything, every th- their power and their glory is directly from God and attributed to God. So <laughs> we as humans see a shiny thing and we think it's God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Computers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think in terms of thankfulness too, I'm obviously communicating with our guardian angel, right? So just maybe keeping a recollection presence of mind to that they're there to help us and they want to help us. Um, I think I've also been told to send your guardian angel on mission, so to speak. Oh, I have a cool story about that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, please do tell. So, okay, so I have some very dear friends um, who, very devout Catholics, got married, maybe, oh my gosh, their oldest is probably 25, so probably like 30 years ago, and uh, they got married, and their the woman's nine-year-old brother was serving the Mass, and in the middle of the Mass, the nine-year-old brother just burst into tears and just like 
cried and cried and cried. And they're like, wow, this is really a little crazy. Cause like, I know like we're getting married, but that's a little over the top. So fast forward. And, um, they asked him after mass, like Russell, why did you cry? Like what, what he said, did you not see the angel that was coming down? And when you guys were exchanging your vows and apparently he was the only one that saw it. So fast forward again, two weeks and, uh, and that the woman was talking with a friend of hers and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm so sorry. I wasn't able to get to, to the wedding, but, but I asked my guardian angel to go and bless, bless your vows. So the woman sent her guardian angel and it was saw, seen by the altar server who was the, do, the sister of the woman getting married. Wow. I've chills. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild story. That's beautiful. I mean, there's so many ways that you can use them too in terms of like before you have a difficult conversation with someone just to ask your guardian angel to ask this person's guardian angel to kind of intercede in terms of oh, receptivity. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah. I mean, for whatever purpose. I mean, as long as it's in accord with God's will. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that was so cool because I never thought of sending my guardian angel on mission or asking for help. But, but I do feel like I've and I'm been happy, helped. I'm happy to do that, but I don't think I could last like 30 seconds without my guardian angel. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so like, it's fine if like if you go, but like please also stay here at the same time. You're outside of space and time. <laughs> exactly. So, please yeah. bilocate because yeah. you're an angel and you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us in this episode of Restless. Go and thank your angel and ask your angel intercede for you before the face of God because our Lord loves us so much that he's provided guardians for our souls to shepherd us to heaven. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM and 103.9 FM and wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in next time.